Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday. It is June 1st, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. meeting. Well, today we're going to be reading from Chapter 4, We Agnostics, and we're going to read and discuss page 49, the first and second paragraph. Okay, today our readers are for the 12 steps, Sherry K.B., and for the 12 traditions, Mary H. Our readers for the text today will be Sharon H., Marie J., and Sherry K.B. Now, our share ID, IDs, um, that four-digit number for Wednesday, May 31st, 2017. The 10 a.m. meeting is 9996. And Thursday, today, the 7 a.m. meeting for today is 9997. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to please read OA's 12 Steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Sherry K.B. in Northern California, grateful recovering compulsive every day, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of this will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and in all our affairs. Okay. And thank you so much, Sherry KB. I will now ask, please, uh, let me see, Mary H. to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Yes, I'd be happy to. I'm Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. And seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. And thank you so much, Mary H. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book on page 49. Paragraphs are going to be read, one and two, and commenting on the both. So now, Sharon H., would you please begin reading? 
Yeah, thank you, Janice. I want to make sure you can hear me because when I take it off speaker, I think I can't be heard. Oh, I hear you well. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Sharon H., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Colorado. Uh, very grateful to be able to be doing service today. Um, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists, atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Well, two amazing paragraphs. Um, the beginning, uh, the first one, uh, yeah, I, I believed in God. I was raised in a religion, turned my back on it in my late 20s, and um, it was very vain of me. I felt that I couldn't rely on God at all. He had let me down, and so... Um, we parted ways and my life went down a dark road as a result of that, but I didn't see that for many years. And so I thought I could do everything myself and now by God's grace, God is everything to me. And that's the miracle that has happened as a result of, again, studying this book line by line, paragraph by paragraph since I began back in July of 2012. And, uh, you know, I, I have a very distressing circumstance in my life right now with my youngest daughter, who is 49, and uh, in just a, a really bad space time in her life. And um, I have this God that I can entrust her to and place her in his loving, protective care along with myself. And don't have to eat over it, don't have to drink over it, don't have to indulge in self-pity over it. All of those things are the gifts that I've received as a result of willing to surrender to this amazing God that I don't understand. But I'm so grateful today that he understands me and that I'm willing to be under his care and direction each new day, no matter what that day brings. And I'm so grateful to all of you out on the line. Keep coming back. This program works, and it lays out the directions so clearly and precisely for each and every one of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Janice. And thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Sharon. And yes, you know, just a gentle reminder, when we're off speakerphone, like Sharon just did, it is best for our recording. And I thank you. Okay, now we're going to open up the meeting for people that would like to share on these two paragraphs. Who would like to begin? Marie J. What I have is Marie J. And then I had Rocky whom? What's your first initial? I. Rocky I. Rocky I. I heard a gentleman. 
Marco. Marco. Do you have a, a first initial to your last name? L. L. Marco. L. Okay. Who else? I'll take a couple. Wendy M. Wendy Callie. M. Wendy M. And I heard some. I'm not familiar with your names. Uh, L. Um, no. Talent. Go ahead. Spell it, please. T A L Y N. Oh, Talent. Okay. And what's your first initial, Talent? D. E. All right, let's go with that group because we still have the rest of the meeting. Okay, you're up, Marie J. Thank you, Janice. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado and uh, grateful to be here. Thank you for your service. Uh, this was me. Um, I, I condemned the church for 30 years because of human defects of some of the people in the church. And uh, I had a lot of hatred and self-righteousness, and it really kept me in prison, but I didn't learn that until I get, got into the program. I talked about their lack of acceptance and intolerance and self-righteousness all the while I was having those very same character defects, and I took every opportunity to disparage and condemn and gossip about them, and then I get into the program, and I realize, you know, as I'm going through the steps, that I'm going to have to make an amend to the church for this 30 years of, of uh bad talking them and and I was going to have to find a God and it, it was almost unbearable but I was in my bottom and I was willing to go to any length and I knew I had to change on so many fronts it all started with just the food and the weight but then I really learned how much pain that I was carrying around in my heart and I was passing that to my children and my husband and I really started to learn about my own character defects of superiority and self-righteousness and intolerance and I learned to tell the truth about the broken side of me, my own human frailties. And then when I got to the seventh step and humility, it, it's like I didn't even know the definition of the word. I had no understanding of humility. But following the steps and asking God to remove my defects every single day, many times a day, still every day, and building me some tolerance. I, um, I also say the sick man's prayer all the time and when I heard it at first I thought it was just asking God you know to pray for somebody who who was sick you know somebody that I resented that was sick and it was their thing but now I pray the sick man's prayer in the book it says um, though we did not like their symptoms they like us they like me are sick like me and now I say the sick man's prayer emphasizing I am sick and let me see my own sickness and my own intolerance so what I learned here is that we're all on a path, and whatever the frailties of various faiths and people may be, their motives are good, and they've helped many. And my job is to continue to surrender my own shortcomings, my judgment, my intolerance. Surrender it, just like it says in the, in the seventh step prayer, it says, I pray you now remove every single defective character which stands in the way of being useful, my usefulness to you and my fellows. And that's my whole job. What stands in the way of being useful to God and my fellows? And, and uh, learning about tolerance and love of other people whose motives are whatever they are. Thanks. I pass. And thank you so much, Marie J. Okay, Rocky I, good morning to you. You're up. Rocky, perhaps she's having some telephone difficulties. Let's yeah, have can her. I be heard? Oh, you can be Hello? heard now. Yes? Okay. 
Good morning. This is Lucky I in Tempe, Arizona, recovered by Grace. And um, she took uh, the, the previous year took all my words. <laughs> I have had the same experience. Um, I I I met my God in the teenagers, but then I became a young adult and. Uh, so full of arrogance and pride and got away and uh, and I thought that the harder I got and the harder, you know, but um, nope, uh, it came to a point where no matter how much I did, um, things were not working in my life and um, now after uh, 34 months of recovery, I can say that um, I carried a distorted idea of who God was. Uh, I had the idea of a five-year-old when uh, my father shot us. And so I had to come and um, I had to come to terms uh, when I got to this part of this book. Um, God is or isn't. And that is, that it, it, because it's not a diet, it's not a food, it's, is either God, God is, or God isn't. And um, today I am so very thankful that God is, um, that through working the steps and learning the big book, um, uh, my ego has been reduced. Because um, I used to be like that character from Natural Libre movie, I believe in science. And it's nothing wrong, but I didn't I was just ignorant. And so, um, if there's a newcomer out in the line, and if you are um, not liking this chapter, if it's feeling easy, uh, just to stay. Um, you don't have to believe anything at this point. Just listen and read the chapter and highlight and start there. And um, you'll be amazed what this book can do and if you don't find any recovery you can have your mystery back we will not hold it and so i guess with that i will pass thank you for letting me share and thank you rocky i okay good morning marco l your turn star one to unmute Hi. In the meantime, I'm sorry, what chapters did you read? Hello? Yeah, hi. Could you just tell me what chapters I just came in? I'm sorry. Yeah, we are on chat. We're on page 49, paragraphs 1 and paragraph 2. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Is Marco available? Perhaps he's having a little difficulty. All right, we'll come back to him. How about Wendy M? Are you ready? Wendy M. Yes, hi, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. Um, great. So I'm going to go ahead here. Uh, wonderful paragraph. And I want to start just with the definition of prejudice. It's preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. I love that. That's how I walked through the world. I had preconceived opinions based on nothing, on, based on no experience whatsoever. 
Um, and this, the, these paragraphs says that they don't ask us to lay aside prejudice. They're begging me. Um, and I love that they're begging me. I need to be begged because I have been prejudiced my entire life up until working these steps right now with vision and the big books. I grew up in a home where the rabbi said, God could be anything. So God wasn't a deal for me. The truth of the matter is I grew up in a home without any spirituality whatsoever. But what was more interesting is that it was the sort of liberal, progressive, you know, we love everyone. And that was sort of, that was the lip service. But in fact, if you prayed different than us, if you voted different than us, if you looked different than us, you were not us. And we had to be superior. And absolutely, it was a cynical dissecting of spiritual belief. If you believed in something, particularly an organized religion that wasn't Jewish, you were um, absolutely less than. And here's what this program gives me. It gives me this beautiful insight today. I don't have to trash myself or the family I grew up in. I can just say, thank you, God, that you brought me to this moment right now for me to see that I have preconceived opinions about everything based on no actual experience. I have to laugh. I think that's hilarious. But it's also so freeing to simply read this page. And then it says, rather vain of us, wasn't it? I had no idea I was vain until I read this chapter. I had no idea that I was intolerant, thinking I was tolerant the whole time. This is incredibly freeing. I get to look at my part here, and I get the opportunity to get unblocked because I get to see my behavior, my thinking, and it says right here to lay aside. They beg me. Thank you, God, that they beg me. And then they say lay aside, you know, in that set-aside prayer that says set aside everything you think you know about yourself, about other people who aren't like you, about God, about this program, about this book. Lay aside. And when I lay aside, I am free instantly. I am able to be unblocked, and I'm able to be useful to other human beings. And it says here that other people, not me, have that degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. I love how humbling those words are. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage, and I thank you all for being on the line, and I pass now. Thank you. And thank you so much, Wendy. And just another gentle reminder, I hear static. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're all muted, but we'll just check our phones, please, to star one to mute. Thank you. Um, okay, now we're going to have Kaylin E. Is that your name, Taylor? Hi. Yeah, this is Talon. Um, so I was thinking this morning about how everyone's conception of God is so different. I bet if you looked at any two people in program, you just picked out two people and looked inside their mind and looked at what they thought of God, it would be different. No one has the same concept of God, and um, a concept is just the idea of it, it's, it's so intimately related to the person who created it. So we all have these different concepts of God and different beliefs and feelings. Um, 
And it made me think about an analogy um, about a bridge and how there's this bridge and we all drive across it, but we all have different feelings and beliefs about this bridge. Some of us might be really scared and we have a really um, fearful idea about this bridge. We don't know if it'll hold us up. We don't know what will happen if we drive across it. Some of us have a really strong belief in this bridge and we feel so much peace and no doubt and we know that it will hold us up. And then some people want to know every detail about this bridge. They want to know the construction and they want to know why it holds us up and how and all the details about it. But what I was thinking is no matter what your belief about this bridge is, no matter what you feel about this bridge, it holds you up and it works. It doesn't matter. And all you have to do is is drive across it. You could not believe in it at all, but you drive across it because you see other people going before you and you see that it's, the bridge is holding you up. And I think it's the same thing with a higher power. It's, you may have a really, really small idea. You may just have like the tiniest little hope that there's a higher power, but it doesn't matter. That's the beginning and that's all you need to commence growth. And um, I'm just so thankful for that. You don't have to have this crazy idea or strong belief. You just have to take action from that small point of maybe there's a higher power. It doesn't matter. So um, I was so agree this morning. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we can open up the meeting again uh, for anyone that would like to comment. How about you, Michael? Are you available now? I can't Kathleen, no. Marco, is that you? Yes. Good. Okay, so you'll be first up. And who else would like to? Jody EQ. Oh, Jody EQ. Okay. Very <laughs> good. Sherry, Sherry yeah, KB. Who is it? Sherry? Sherry, Sherry KB. KB. Yeah, okay. And we can have a couple Sherry more. H. Sherry H. Terry. Terry. Yeah, sure, Terry. That sounds familiar. Anybody else? Rose M. All right. Let's go with those five. I like to go five. So, Marco L., it's your turn. Hi. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, no, th th this was me. I was so cynical about religion and about, about spirituality and about God. I was raised Catholic. I come from a very Catholic family, so... Um, I just rebelled from it when I was growing up. I, I, I just, I was, I had so much to say, so much negative things to say about religion just because I was bitter, I guess, bitter from, from seeing my parents growing up in a loving relationship and I was just bitter, I guess. Um, so I, I, I did not, I did not have a relationship with God um, through, through my adult life. Um, it wasn't until I, I hit rock bottom that I, that I naturally said, you know, the only the only way I, I I have of this is with God. So I started. Um, I went back to church. I went back to to religion, you know. And I and I did find God. And I did. Um, I I remember crying on my knees in church, just begging for Him to help me out because I was miserable. And um and you know I found God, and it wasn't easy because I found God, and I was still praying hard, and I was still in the food. Um, and I I just thought I you know I just Keep, kept praying for God to help me, and I was so um, 
miserable, but still I found God waiting for me with open arms and I was grateful for that. Um, and yet I kept in the food. I couldn't. I think we lost you, Michael. I'm sorry, but I think we lost you. Maybe you can come back for a couple of minutes. All right, let's have Jody eat you. Please go ahead. All right, thank you, Janice, and I apologize for not being available before the meeting started to read the traditions. Thank you, Mary H., for covering for me. This is Jody E.Q., a grateful compulsive overeater in California. So I'm going to focus um, on this beginning part that says, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation. So that's what that part of the sentence is telling me what I can be when I believe. When I believe or try to believe in a power greater than myself and work these steps and turn my will in my life over to the care of God, pray for knowledge of God's will and try to do it each day, I can be an intelligent agent of God. I can be a spearhead of God's ever advancing creation. How cool is that? <laughs> wow, I want that. So I'm willing to put the key in the lock. I'm willing to turn it just a little bit to see if this might work as it has for so many people before me. And I'm so grateful to this group that gives me so many examples of people for whom these steps are working. When I first came to OA, I went to a lot of AA meetings because that seemed to be the only place where I could see these steps really working for people. I didn't see a lot of recovery in my OA meetings at the time. And now I get to see it in compulsive overeaters, and it's so wonderful to see that these steps really work for us compulsive overeaters. And we get to be these intelligent agents, these spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation. Wow. I'm so grateful to be part of this and to be an intelligent agent for God. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Jody E.Q. Okay. Good morning. Sherry K.B., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry K.B., Northern California, grateful recovery, compulsive eye reader. Thanks for your service. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, been sick. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, sorry. Um, the... When we talk about we beg you to lay aside your prejudices, and um, I always love looking up words, and prejudice that I found in the big book called The Little Big Book says that um, opinions formed without due knowledge or examination, bias, to cause someone to judge prematurely and irrationally, irrational suspicion or hatred of particular group, race, or religion. Um, and, you know, I, the whole thing to me is that we've, 
I came in here with a lot of different prejudices, not necessarily religious prejudice, but that my relationship <clears throat> with a power greater than myself. And um, I had my own prejudice around that, uh, let alone the ones that I grew up with, the ones that um, I was treated uh, about growing up, which I won't go into. Um, but it's telling me to set aside my prejudices because if I do, then I'm going to be one of these people at the bottom that says um, spiritually minded persons of all race, colors, creeds, um, and I will demonstrate a degree of stability, happiness, usefulness, which should have sought ourselves. And so that's what this book is telling me is that, <clears throat> pardon me, if I set aside my own prejudices, um, that um, I will have, I will demonstrate usefulness and happiness. And that's what this book has brought me. That's been my experience of going through this book and working the steps. And um, and just a reminder that in the book it also says love, patience, and tolerance is our code, um, and that we need to set aside our not only our own prejudice but to be see where uh, religious people are right. Um, and you know that's what I keep thinking about is love, patience, and tolerance is my code. And I also think about this group of people in the United States who was a family that's very well famous that I won't mention that I watched people go through tragedy in their life. We all did. And this this family had such hope and courage due to their own religion that they walked through so many things that this whole country watched them walk through, and they lived through it. And that's what I always think about when I think of uh, someone who has a strong religious belief that this particular family walked through so many things. Um, and that was amazing to me, and I've never forgotten that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Sherry KB. Marco, are you back yet? All righty, let's have Terry H. Please go ahead, Terry. Hi, thanks. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, I'm, you know, this. Um, I'm very grateful that I was able to set aside my prejudice and judgments against um, the different religions around the world and what I believed, you know, uh, God was and, and the harsh um, rule of the harsh rules of life and religion and things like that. And, and just being open and willing um, to believe in a, in a power greater than myself, you know, um, I was hopeless and, and powerless in my disease. And, you know, I, I just, in, I was killing myself. And, you know, there was nothing I could do myself to do it. And I was just so grateful that, um, you know, I was able to work those steps with a recovered um, person in the program and, and able to work the 12 steps and, and have that spiritual experience with no rules and no judgments attached. And, you know, just to be able to create my higher power um, the way, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, and just to be able to, uh, you know, have that vision and um, connection. Um, I was just, I'm just so grateful for that, you know, and today in my, in my recovery, I just want to be of maximum service to my higher power. To, to work each day um, because I can't do it. I've tried, I've done it, tried it over and over. And, you know, I just want to be able each day to surrender that over to my higher power 
and take the action and do what I need to do, do what I can to do to continue that relationship, to continue to grow that relationship each and every day. I want to be of maximum service. Last night I had the opportunity to share my story in a face-to-face meeting, and my prayer was to set aside, you know, everything I need to set aside to be of maximum service in that moment. And, you know, it was a good moment, most definitely, for me and my recovery. It was the first time, you know, I was able to share my story and be vulnerable and be open, and I would have never been able to do that without my higher power holding my hand, kissing me on the head, and saying it it will be okay. And for this program, I'm so grateful for that because today I am not choking in my disease. I'm not dying in my disease. I'm living life on life's terms and letting my higher power guide that. And, you know, I will deal with the prejudices and the judgments as they come up and come along in my 10th steps that I'll do each day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Terry H. Okay, you're up. Rose M. Please go ahead. Hi, um, this is Rose M. Um, thank you so much for your service, Janice. Um, when I um, when I looked at these two paragraphs, um, I um, you know I thought, of course, of my background where I um, I like a lot of you, I watched people um, who I grew up with um, claim to or say with their mouths that they believed one thing um, and then behaved a different way, and um, I think that was um, that. Um, that was really hard um, to watch, especially um, especially once I um, started thinking about um, what my spirituality was. Um, but also, when I look at these paragraphs, I think of the people in my life who were good, good people. Um, like, um, for example, one woman um, who I know from my church um, who was involved in a mom's group um, uh, really reached out to me um, after I brought my son home from the hospital and he had been in the NICU for five weeks and he was still tiny and I brought home this four and a half pound baby and um, I was in the food and um, trying to take care of my husband who has a spinal cord injury and I was losing it. I mean, I was losing it. And, you know, um, this woman reached out to me and um, she had such a calm and a peace about her and um, she was so kind to me, and, you know, she let me know, you know, I see your suffering. I, I see what's happening. What can I do to help you? And, you know, I wanted that. And similarly, when I first started um, on the call and when I met my sponsor, my sponsor told me her story, um, how things were for her before um, before she was recovered. Um, we, I just, I, I just had this. Um, realization that I had been suffering and I didn't know it. And I think in our disorder, um, in this disorder, we don't know the truth from the false always. And, you know, one of the things that is a problem with that is if you don't know the truth from the false, you don't know you have a disorder, so you're not going to get the help. You're not going to identify the problem. But um, in hearing all of you who are recovered, um, who are just so um, spiritual and calm and um, you deal with things in your life and um, just have such a healthy approach to life. Um, 
it, it helped me to realize that um, I had been sick. I was going to be okay. I just needed to follow um, the program. Um, and I think it, that's why 12 steps are so important, just to reach out to the people who are suffering and say, life doesn't have to be this way. You are suffering. You know, you are. I mean, my whole life I thought that what I was going through as a compulsive overeater was normal. I thought my entire life was going to be miserable, and it didn't have to be that way. And that's why I'm so grateful for people who reached out to me, for my sponsor, for all of you who are recovered who share on the line every day. Um, so with that, I pass. And thank you for your share, Roseanne. Okay, we're going to take another group. Who would like to begin? Elaine B. Elaine B. I know that name. Next, anybody else? Kathleen F. I heard a Kathleen, I believe. Yeah, Kathleen O. O. Carolyn F. Carolyn S. Okay, Carolyn. Let's take one more. Let's see. Okay, maybe not. Let's go with that group. Elaine B., it's your turn. Great service, Janice. I appreciate it. Um, Thank you, anybody who who shared. I'm driving. I'm not going to be able to time myself, so please let me know. (laughs) Um, What great shares I'm hearing today, and what a great passage in the book because you know, we learn a little later that we have a spiritual malady. And perhaps our spiritual malady really has nothing to do with the God of our childhood. Or or even if we had a, a, a God we were introduced to through a faith um, and we choose an entirely different conception of God, that's okay. We just want an opportunity to allow people to be open, to allow people to say, okay, you know, Maybe I'm not the pinnacle. Maybe my, you know, limited understanding and resource and experience, maybe it isn't enough. (laughs) Maybe I'm not, you know, um, maybe I don't have all of the answers. Maybe my standing back and criticizing everybody and everything else, maybe I could try another way and just be a little bit open. And, um you know, we're not saying that. You've got to go back, sign up, become a member, attend every uh, every service, every time the church or synagogue or mosque or whatever uh, ashram has opened. We're not saying any of that at all. It's just, you know, let's explore. Let's explore the idea, the concept of a power greater than ourselves. And if there has been things, experiences we've had in the past, uh, things we've heard other people say that have caused us to slam shut the door on religion, on faith, on religious leaders we've seen, on organized religion that we've um, experienced, on attitudes and opinions that we've developed. Maybe, just maybe, if we lay those down, something new may come forward and um, that, that does have the power. Because if we really have taken step one, we realize that we're beyond human aid and something beyond human power, beyond my power, my understanding, and even the manifestation of religion in different organizations, religious institutions and organizations. You know, that's not enough. It wasn't enough for me. I had to set aside my my convictions and, and be open to something new. And I'll tell you what, what I found 
is so much better than the food. I was talking to somebody this morning. It's sort of like trading in a Barbie doll for a daughter, <laughs> trading in two coins in my penny in my pocket for uh, for a treasure trove, a gold mine that I can, as the big book says, that I can, um, you know, work in and, and get something out of for the rest of my life as long as I give it away, which is why I love we have this place where we can share our experience and maybe maybe give away what we've learned, maybe open the door a crack for somebody else so that they can experience some of the things that we've experienced. First of all, abstinence. Second of all, a relationship with the power of the universe that is going to help us not just with the food but with everything else. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. And thank you so much, Elaine B. Okay, Kathleen O., it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you. This is a great meeting. Thank you, everyone, who's been sharing on the line. Um, Great shares. This is Kathleen O., recovered in California. And there's that word prejudice again. Um, You know, there's probably as many unique definitions of God as there are unique mothers and fathers in the world. And who am I to be prejudiced against what other people believe in or think or who they are? Um, That's just so ego-centered. And one of the gifts of this program is that I was able to give up a lot of my ego-centered behavior and be more God-centered. You know, it's basically, for me, it's just believing and having faith. Um, You know, I believe that when I turn the light switch on, I'm going to get lights and that my electricity is going to work when I plug things in. And I don't know how it works, but it does. And and so I, I use electricity, and I like electricity. But the difference between my higher power and electricity is during stormy weather, the electricity can go out, but my higher power never goes away, and it's always there when I need, when I need my higher power. Um, you know, uh, it, it's so helpful for me when fear comes up because I can't have fear and faith at the same time. And so I have faith, and my fears are... They, they pretty much go away, and I can just wait and ask for direction when I'm, you know, not knowing what decisions I should be making or I'm troubled or annoyed. Um, I can just take it to God. I can take it to my higher power and um, and just continue to, you know, be a service and, and do what, um, you know, do what my higher power created me to be, which was which is kind and loving and patient and tolerant. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Okay, Carolyn S., it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, this is Carolyn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in New York. Um, Yeah, this is a great couple of paragraphs. And um, I did grow up with a lot of prejudice against religion, assuming that um, people who were religious were somehow suckers, that they believed in this set of rules to keep them in line while they were on the planet and then to give them reassurance that if they were good and followed the rules now that they would get some sort of reward after life. And, um, you know, I had this, I was on this icy intellectual mountain and, uh, the reality was that I was treating myself. Um, and it, it talks here about, um, begging you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. I needed to be begged. I needed to really think about this and um, and realize that 
there were so many people who were religious who had so much to offer and who were so calm and peaceful. And um, it talks about here, um, we might have observed that many spiritually minded people of all races, creeds, or colors and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Again, these people are, they have what I want. And um, it doesn't mean that I have to join an organized religion and follow all the rules, a lot of which I don't agree with. Um, What it means is that I have to open myself to a spiritual experience and be willing to believe that there's something greater than myself, which I've always known, um, but to also believe that 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 something greater could help me in every aspect of my life, even something as seemingly minor as my food. Um, my God is is huge, and he can handle famine and war and um, disease and what I put in my mouth. There's no limitations to his power, and that is incredibly comforting to me. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn S. I think we can have one more. Um, just confirm that I think we close at 8 at uh, 10.50. So who would like to wrap it up? Deborah P. Deborah P. Okay, go ahead, Deborah. Um, just a moment. Yeah, okay, we have to close at um, yeah, 10.50. Sorry about that, Deborah. Go ahead, Amber. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Hi, Deborah P. Um, compulsive overeater. Great to be here today. And um, this this really speaks to me. I really appreciate everyone's share. Um, I I definitely was prejudiced. I had a very specific um, God that I served that was very powerful. And frankly, I didn't think I needed anyone else. I only needed my higher power. And um, it didn't work, you know. So I think, you know, part of the magic of this program, if you will, uh, is seeing all these you know, because our idea of God is so, so important. It's so integral to who we are. And I never have seen in my life all these people coming together from all these different faiths um, and sort of just loving each other. You know, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's just sort of beautiful. And, um, and I, you know, I see God in that. I see God in when everyone is sharing. It's just, um I don't know. So I have learned, and I, I to be honest, it, it still sometimes holds me back to, to walk this walk. And I think, well, I don't need the program. I only need my God. But the more I listen, the more I participate, the more I do the steps, um, I see God in all of it. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah P. Janice, do you want to press star one? Thank you so much, Deborah P. And thank you, Melanie. Um, and thank everyone who shared uh, this morning. Um, let me thank, oh my goodness. Okay, Nancy T., Jody E.Q., Sharon H., and Marie J. Sherry KB, I'm a little mixed up. Please join us for, um, no, we don't even have another meeting. Um, Will Marie J, 
please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and